Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 54 of Jake's World, presented by the Nuance Magazine. I'm your host, Jake Sawinski, and today is Tuesday, January 19th. Don't have my watch on. I like this one a week thing. Kind of sat back all week and watched everything kind of happen. It was nice. I mean, it was definitely not anything like last week, of course, but or last show, I should say. But still, a lot of things I can elaborate on, right? Whether it is just sports, there's a lot of sports news. That's kind of where the switch was. It wasn't so much of the real life stuff going on, but more sports but I can talk a little bit longer I'm not rushing through things I kind of like this layout so we're gonna stick with it for now so um let's get right into it then um of course it was the divisional round of the championship or the football playoffs NFL playoffs um four games this weekend and um kind of Looking at it, you know, big picture, kind of blanket game, you know, blanket view of the games or whatever. It kind of seemed like it was just, you know, playoff weekend. You know what I mean? It's like there weren't any instant classics, right? I mean, no game was really all that special. Um, I mean, I think the Sunday 3 o'clock game was the best one. If you were to ask me, the Sunday was definitely the better day. But even the night game, it was kind of like a sloppy game. But I'm going to get into each one, kind of break it down a little bit. My key takeaways, I mean, I watched all of them. So let's get right into it. Um, Saturday afternoon was Green Bay and L.A. Rams had to go up to Lambeau Field. Of course, you know that. Um, yeah, Rams just overmatched. They were overmatched. And it doesn't help when you come in, you know, kind of unhealthy. I mean, you're the best defensive player in the league probably is hurt and visibly hurt. He played like a little more than half the snaps. I mean, he's in visible pain. He was pretty much not out there. Aaron Donald just, he's an impact guy for, he He'd be an instant, you know, defensive upgrade to any team he's on, even on what was, you know, the Rams were the best-ranked defense in the league. I think they were, like, third in the rush, first in the pass, first overall. I think that's what the Fox graphic said. Um, yeah, they missed him. They missed him bad. And Jalen Ramsey, for being an all-pro cornerback this year, or making the Pro Bowl, didn't appear to be able to stop Devontae Adams very much um but that's a tall task Green Bay is probably the most dynamic offense in the league right now um they might not have led the league in total point scoring but this was kind of a weird year where they didn't have to their defense is kind of coming together and they looked good they looked really good and it they didn't even need to like turn it on didn't seem like they needed to hit that extra switch just because the Rams didn't they were beat up on the offensive end too 
when your quarterback has a broken thumb or he just had surgery to repair a broken thumb, he's got three pins in his thumb. Um, it's fucking freezing in Lambeau Field. And it was a warmer day. It was like 34, 35, kind of snowy. And um, your best wide receiver, Cooper Cup, is out. Got to run the ball. It's easier to... It's easier to game plan as a defensive coach when you know that the bulk of your opponent's plays are going to be running plays, right? It's just kind of how it is, and both of those teams are really well coached too. Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay are two fantastic coaches, right? Well-schemed, you know, on both ends of the ball. And that was just a game that it seemed like Green Bay never... You didn't, is it like I'm a Packer fan? You didn't feel like they were going to lose that game whatsoever. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't terribly exciting. The game itself was. I mean, kind of the Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams back and forth talk was exciting. And Alexander outplayed Ramsey for sure. I mean, it's a little easier when they didn't pass the ball as much as they needed to, or could have, I should say. But I mean,. That game, I don't know. It it wasn't like, you know, the exciting barn burners that you typically, or the exciting playoff games you typically get. So, I mean, that one was pretty uneventful. And honestly, the whole slate kind of was too. Uh, the night game was Ravens, Bills. Oof. Oof. Ravens looked bad offensively. Defensively, they did a pretty good job containing the explosiveness of that Bills offense because I mean final score was 17-3 and your offense gave up 7 points or 6 points 7 points if you really think about it um, Buffalo's defense is good really good I mean that was a defense that's kind of been pretty inconsistent all year long right um trending up for sure definitely trending up but it just seemed like that was kind of their question mark right you have Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and um, Cole Beasley I don't think he played though but you have all those guys on the offensive side of the ball for the Bills and it seems like they could put up points whenever they really want to and it's almost like the the exact opposite of the Seahawks right where they were trending offensively. Well, no, actually not the opposite. I'm sorry. Kind of this, kind of the same way, except the offense didn't really go away. The Bills still could put up points, but now in the playoffs, it seems like they haven't had their best game offensively, and their defense is making the big plays. I mean, the Ravens have a super explosive offense. They run the ball a lot. They don't pass the ball well. But Lamar Jackson's typically shifty enough to break open a big play. And it just kind of never happened. Realistically, the Ravens could have won that game if, you know, one pass and two kicks go differently. I mean, Justin Tucker is probably far and away the best kicker in the league, and he doinks two field goals. Like, he hasn't ever missed consecutive field goals inside of 50 yards, ever. He missed two. So that's a six-point swing there. And then instead of throwing a pick six, you know, 101-yard return in the red zone, 
I think that was like Lamar Jackson's first red zone interception as well. I mean, he doesn't have one in the regular season, but I don't believe he's ever thrown a red zone interception. That's uncharacteristic of him. He's not a great passer, but it's still, he's never done it. You get a touchdown, or at the very least a field goal, it's a 12-10 to 10 game at that point. Who knows how it plays out, of course, but... I mean, there's a lot of things that you could have said. Hey, the Ravens could have won that game. But that's just kind of how it goes sometimes, right? I mean, they lose 17-3. Lamar Jackson got a concussion at the end of the game. I don't think he finished. He went to the tunnel early. But, I mean, it was all said and done at that point. I mean, Ravens were flat, 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 flat. The defense did do a good job. I mean, you're holding one of the more explosive teams in the league to 17 points of offense. And, I mean, if your offense shows up a little better, you know, like I said, those two kicks go differently. It could be a different game. But, it just that's just not how it played out. Sunday afternoon. Like I alluded to earlier, this was probably the most exciting game of the weekend. And it still didn't feel like the Browns had any chance of winning it. And it was very similar to the Ravens recap, right? Things could have gone very differently. Now, this game does have the most talking points. The first one is um, the game itself, right? The Browns just never hmm, got, got the break they needed. Right, they had it to. What was the? I don't even remember the final score of the game. Hang on. I mean, they didn't have. I think they had like three points at halftime. It was thirteen to three, I think, at halftime, or tw- maybe it was even twenty. To, I don't even. Fuck, Jake Brain work. Browns just never got it going offensively like they could have. And that's a Andy Reid scheme game, right? Their defensive coordinator's really good. Contain that offense for a half. They picked it up in the second half, of course. Final score was 22-17. Oh, that's only a one-score game. Well, the problem is that two-minute drill drive the Browns had at the end of the first half really turned out to be costly for what a lot of people think is a dumb rule oh if the offensive player fumbles it out of the back of the end zone it's a touchback for the other team it's a tough break right because a you should have had a penalty thrown on Whoever tackled, I think it was Donovan Peoples-Jones who fumbled it. That was head-to-head contact. He led with his head, initiated contact with his helmet. That's a 15-yard penalty and an automatic first down. So you, they should have gotten fresh downs. But I was initially under the assumption that this rule is really dumb. I mean, why isn't it just out of bounds? But part of my take, you know, biggest sports podcast in the world, they do a rundown much more in-depth because they're a sports podcast only. They, PFT brought up a point that kind of resonated with me a little bit. Look at the way the league is trending. It seems like defensive players have no advantages on being able to do their job on the football field. 
It's such an offensive geared league now. It's points, points, points. It's wide receiver safety. You can't hit guys a certain way. You can't hit them full speed. You have to you can't hit a defenseless a defenseless receiver coming across the middle. You can't do those big hits anymore like Troy Palomalu would do and Ed Reed would do and Darren or uh, yeah, Darren Sharper would do. Guys like that. You can't hit people like that anymore. They got rid of that rule to keep players safe. And that rule with the fumble out of the end zone is literally the only rule that gives a defensive team the advantage. I mean, it's unfortunate it played out that way because, I mean, I think everyone besides the Chiefs wanted the Browns, or like the Chiefs fans wanted the Browns to win. That would have been really cool. It would have been, you know, another layer of icing on the cake of the Browns' successful season. It would have been really cool. And... The electricity of a Browns-Bills AFC Championship game? Oh my lord. That would have been nuts. But, I kind of like that take. I just, it's the only way that the defense can catch a break. I mean, they don't call offensive pass interference unless it's like a pick between, you know, a receiver or tight end that's blocking or if it's like a blatant push-off. The offense always seems to get the break they should have gotten one on the no call with the you know the um, head-to-head contact but they he he fumbled the ball the fuck's going on up there he fumbled the ball but I mean it is what it is with in that regard they did look much better in the second half and they contained Kansas City probably if not the most explosive, second most explosive, third most explosive offense in the league to 22 points. That's a good job. But um, where was I going with that? They just didn't quite have enough. And I mean, Stefanski punting the ball, giving it to the Browns, or to the Chiefs, excuse me. You know, inside of two minutes, you lost a timeout on a dumb challenge. You take a timeout, and then Chad Henney makes, like, the play of the game, scrambling 13 yards on a third and 14, gets it to fourth and one or fourth and inches, and then Andy Reid lets Henney pass. You know the South Park meme with Randy Marsh and his nuts in the wheelbarrow? That was that right there. And Andy Reid, that's why Andy Reid's one of the best coaches in the league. He trusts his guys to do what he's supposed to do. I mean, he could have just as easily punted the ball back and given the Browns a chance to run down the field and, you know, win the game. But he's like, I am in a position. They don't have timeouts anymore. I can just end this game right now. And that's exactly what he did. Now, I said Chad Henney. Patrick Mahomes was, um, I think he was battling through a toe injury. Not sure of the extent of that toe injury. I mean, I think around this time they try to keep it quiet. But um, he left the game with a concussion. Thing is, the NFL mentioned something about him getting choked out. Like, I don't know, it landed funny or whatever, whatever. Hmm. Makes you scratch your head. Because if you're watching the game, it's clearly not what happened. Like, he thumped his head on the ground really hard. And... He's in concussion protocol right now. Um, He might have tweaked a nerve in his neck, whatever, whatever. We'll see what happens. But there's some doubt 
to whether or not he'll play on Sunday. And if you're thinking about it, it's like, why risk it, right? I mean, you paid the guy half a billion dollars. He's your franchise guy. He's the franchise guy in the league. Why would you risk him getting hurt for any extended period of time for, you know, an AFC championship game? And the likelihood of you being in many more of those is very high. You have the most talented offense in the league. I mean, you've got Tyreek Hill, Mahomes. Le'Veon Bell, Travis Kelsey, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, whose roles kind of diminished as of late because of Bell. But you've got Sammy Watkins. You've got a ton of pieces on that team, and you can put up points at will. Why would you risk it for one season when you're going to be there for a long time? The problem is the NFL is the one who put a release out about, you know, the he choked or, you know, some kind of weird injury. Goodell wants them to play for ratings. They don't. No one wants to see Chad Henney play in the NFC AFC Championship game against the Bills. It won't be a game. I mean, Henney did a pretty good job in the second half. He did throw one pick that was not very good, but I mean, what do you expect out of a career backup in a big game like that? He had one good play and one good pass in a row on one drive. I don't know how much they scored, and say I don't even remember. It was kind of all blur, but it's like, what do you expect? I mean, of course Goodell wants them to play. People are going to watch Mahomes. They're not going to watch Chad Henney. But maybe they would. I don't know. I guess we'll kind of see what develops out of that scenario because it's kind of bizarre. Cause, I mean, you'd think player safety would be imminent, but not when it comes to money, of course. Um, kind of wrapping up the football stuff here. Um, Tom Brady and Drew Brees battled it out for what seems to be the last time. Now, Drew Brees has not actually formally announced his retirement, but I think the sports world was kind of assuming that was it based on his reaction after the game. That was it. It was sloppy. It was really sloppy. Um, Buccaneers ran the ball a lot like they should. Um, that New Orleans pass defense is really good. And Tom Brady didn't even look all that great. I think the best pass he threw was the potential touchdown pass that Chris Godwin dropped. Just couldn't secure it. Ball popped out. Des Bryant rule, right? Drew Brees, three picks. Um, Michael Thomas had no catches. It just never really got going. And it's like, I think it's the fourth year that the Saints have been eliminated from the playoffs with a home game. So, I mean, they're definitely going in a different direction. Their biggest play is Jameis Winston coming in for one snap, throwing a 56-yard touchdown pass. I don't know. Drew Brees can't even throw the ball anymore, right? He just can't. I mean, the final score of that game was 30-20. to 20. I think the Bucks tied it or went ahead. Of, I think they tied it at halftime. But that just it was a game that just never, I mean, the score was close up until the fourth quarter, and it just wasn't that exciting. It was so sloppy. It was like four or five turnovers. It's just, I don't know. It was a weird, weird Sunday. Typically, you know, you have at least one really good game between, um, or one instant classic, I should say, between, you know, the four games on the slate next week with the two games on the slate. Next week's going to be really good. But it's just like, I don't know, It I, to me it didn't seem any of those games were like that. But 
it's all set. Everything's on Sunday. You've got Ram or Packers, Buccaneers in Lambeau. You've got Bills, Chiefs, and Arrowhead. Two of the best home field advantages you can have right now. They're allowing some fans in a limited capacity too. That's going to help. Um, I think the Bills, Chiefs, is going to be the game of the week. They're both going to be good. And uh, throw the week six matchup out the window. Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show today. He said it best, right? Um, you throw out the week six matchup. It's just like how you should throw out the Saints or the Saints 38 Buccaneers 3 game that play, happened in the regular season two. It doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. The Buccaneers and the Packers are two totally different teams. The Bills and the Chiefs are even to- two totally different teams. I mean... Kansas City can put up points at will, but they haven't been doing that. Maybe it's because they don't have to, or maybe it's because they've lost a step. I don't really know. They haven't exactly been tested all that well down the stretch. I mean, they played the Falcons close. I think there were, um, yeah, I mean, that game didn't really matter anyways. And... No one played in Week 17. Chargers beat them. I mean, that doesn't matter. But it's just like you don't know. I mean, they haven't been really, really tested for a few weeks now. Guess Bills are a different team too. I've said it already. So, I mean, I guess we're just going to see. It's going to be fun to watch Tom Brady struggle in the cold. It's supposed to be like 23 degrees with a chance of snow on Sunday in Lambeau Field. That's going to suck for those guys. They're a warm-weather team. Have fun. At least three of these teams are prepared for the elements a little bit. It's going to be a good Sunday. NHL is back. I am excited because I have been on a heater gambling hockey. I'm not sure why. I listen to Chicklets all the time. I love hockey. play chow all the time. I know who's good. I know who's not. And if you want a tip, if you are a sports better or sports gambler, fade the Blackhawks all season. They stink. They stink. Hit two parlays. Two to three parlays were really close. Laid out a clunker last night. The late one. We did another late one. Up on the day. It's going to be good. I love hockey. Get into hockey. And, of course, probably aside from the divisional round for football, James Harden trade kind of shook the sports world, right? This trade was huge, huge, huge. I had it took me a few minutes to like decipher everything. It's a four-team trade, right? Um, James Harden has made it very clear he does not want to play in Houston anymore, and it was apparent based on his um, off-the-court habits through the off-season. He didn't report to camp. He didn't appear to be in great shape, and he publicly said, "I think this is over. I want out." Right. So, he gets traded last week to the Nets. He's playing with Kyrie Irving, who's doing his own thing. Some things are bigger in basketball, but you're a basketball player. You should probably play basketball and still be an advocate for all that stuff. But, whatever. Um, He's with Kevin Durant, too. DeAndre Jordan. That's going to be a wagon of a team. So, we'll get into that as the basketball season progresses. Because regular season kind of has its ups and downs, right? Um, okay, let's see if I can read my notes. The Nets sent shipped out a lot of people for this because it was the Nets kind of have that habit where they kind of, you know, they go all in, all in, right? 
early 2010 or early 10s i think it was like 2010 or 2011 they they traded for um kevin garnett paul pierce and is rondo a part of that trade too I'm not sure about Rondo, but I know they went for they got Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, and that was a big mistake. I don't think this one's going to be a big mistake, though. The Nets get Harden. The Cleveland Cavaliers get Jarrett Allen and um, Torian Prince. I'm not sure how you say his name. Um, in exchange for a couple of picks. The Rockets get the picks, so I will explain that. And then the Pacers get uh, Karis LeVert and Houston's 2023 pick. Now, the Nets gave the Rockets a shit ton of picks. Three first-round picks in 2022, 2024, and 2026. And they got pick swaps for 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. Now, the Pacers have that 2023 pick. Um... They also the Rockets also have Cleveland's 2022 pick, which is Milwaukee has the rights to that, so they'll be picking for them. Then the Rockets got Victor Oladipo from the Cleveland Cavaliers or from the Indiana Pacers. Those three first round picks and those f- now three pick swaps, an extra pick. Um, Dante Exum from the Cavs and one other player. I'm not even going to try to say his name. Um, Radiance. I can't even read my fucking hand. Radiance Curix. I'm not fucking sure. But the Rockets have totally embraced the rebuild. And it's going to be bonkers to see how that plays out in five, six years. Like the Thunder made a killing for trading Chris Paul before the season started. The Rockets got a haul for getting rid of a player who didn't want to play there. But that's how good Harden is, right? All of his antics aside, all of his, you know, he's not a great teammate. Clearly not. I mean, how many superstars did he play with on that team and it just never seemed to work out? He's clearly not a great teammate. He's not a leader of athletes in any way, shape, or form. But he doesn't try to be, right? I think the sports media world kind of puts this unfair... um, shtick on him or they have these unfair expectations of him that he should be that leader and he's not he he leads by example he's not a motivator like with his words he's not like you know that um i mean is lebron kind of like that yeah i guess he's not like a chris paul or russell westbrook or, I mean, the older point guards are a great example, like a John Stockton guy, or um, who else am I? He's just not one of those guys. He's not that that exam- exemplary figure that everyone looks up to for guidance and advice, right? He's just not that. And now he's playing with Kevin Durant. They are reunited. They played in OKC in the early 2010s, lost to LeBron, and... 2013 final 2013 finals 26 fuck LeBron just is in the finals so many times he lost to the Mavericks beat the split with the Spurs beat the Thunder 
lost to the Warriors. Yeah, I don't fucking know. They were all on that team. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant were all on that team. I want to say it was uh, 2014, 15. Then 15, 16 were the Warriors. But it's going to be crazy to see what happens up there, especially if Kyrie Irving can get back on the court. But a lot of sports stuff, a lot of sports stuff that happened over the weekend. It was pretty crazy to keep up with. Um, okay, now I'll conclude the show with this segment after um, all that sports talk, right? Um, I was on the internet. I'm not sure why this became such a viral trend to talk about and why it seemed to be on my feed almost exclusively, but um, minimum wage talk came up again. And I think it was after, I think it was Thursday or Friday afternoon when uh, Joe Biden was laying out his economic plan, his administration's path going forward after he's inaugurated tomorrow but um I'm not very well versed in economics I mean I'm like most people with a college degree who took economics 101 I'm in tune with the finance market or the stock market a lot majored in finance economics kind of plays a part in that but I mean when it comes to actual economic theory my levels uh, level of intelligence is very basic but I'm just going to give my thoughts, I guess, right? And me looking at everything, because I read the comments a lot, which is dumb, but I do. It seems like there are two camps in all of this. And like with everything else today, it's two extremes. It's always two extremes. One side thinks with their feelings exclusively. Oh, everyone needs a living wage. It should be raised to $15 an hour, no question. If you make more than $15 an hour, you shouldn't feel obligated because somebody else is living living in poverty. Okay. Then the other side's like, no, the price of everything will go up. Well, it's a little more complicated than that. And I find myself somewhere in the middle, right? Because let's think about this logically. I did a little bit of reading before, and it's all theory. It's not, if you do this, this will happen. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. Nothing does. It's the same thing with socialism. It's the same thing with tax the rich. It doesn't always work, and it usually doesn't work out the way you intend it to. Socialism looks really good on paper. Everyone's equal. Everyone shares the government nationalized wealth and everyone's happy. Well, it's not Nordic capital or Nordic socialism here. It doesn't work like that. And those are the least corrupt governments in the world. And America is probably in the bottom half of government corruption in the world. If not on paper, well, we know that a favorable ranking for the United States would be a fallacy. That money's getting skimmed off the top. Look what happened to Venezuela and the Soviet Union. And look what goes on in China. Okay, point proven. 
you, what I did based on my reading, when you take a minimum wage and you double it, yes, you could expect prices to increase across the board, right? The defense of that is, oh, why should corporations, you know, like um, exploit their employees and go for profits? That's what you do as a business. You're not in business to make people happy. You're in business to make money. Some companies do a good job of both. But profits are priority. If you don't make profits, you can't be a business. You can't help the world. You can't do all your initiatives if you don't earn a profit. Or you don't have money to run your business. That's The corporations isn't the thing to focus on, though. It's to focus on the small businesses, right? Because if you have an employer who pays seven fifty eight dollars an hour for a relatively unskilled job, right? And it, then that's another. There's so see, I can't even like attack this simply because it's not a simple argument. It's not a simple solution. If you have an employee who has relatively unskilled labor and has five employees, and you double their wage. They either have to double the prices or cut employees. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. For a small business, that's what it has to do. I saw somewhere that the average small business makes $176,000 a year before expenses. The owner's not putting six figures in their pocket. There's no way. After taxes and the business expenses, there's no way that they're putting six figures in their pocket. They're just not. Unemployment rises, so does inflation. Inflation, prices of good, rises. You can't drastically just improve wages you know, by doubling it. You just can't. And then on the other side of the argument, oh, inflation would go through the roof. Yeah, but there's been no wage growth that accompanies it. Wage growth has been relatively stagnant. So has inflation. People do live in poverty. I mean, do I think that, you know, if you're 25, 30 years old, you should be a full-timer at a job that you make minimum wage? No, definitely not. Those fast food jobs aren't meant for adults. They're Those low-skill, low-income jobs are meant for people to start out and you work your way up. But then the argument is, oh, some people, you shouldn't have to invest your entire career or your entire life in working. Well, no, but you have to do something and keep... Things aren't just going to be handed to you, no matter what you believe. But you have to do something. Wages aren't growing across the board. How about you just gradually, significantly, but gradually increase that? How about 10? How about you just meet in the middle for something on one issue one time? Just 10. It's better than leaving it alone, and it's not going to open up a can of worms down the road, at least right away. So, I mean, that was a little, and I tried to stay high level with that, but it's impossible because there's so many variables you have to look at when you're attacking an issue like that. There's so many variables and so many scenarios and so many things to think about when you're talking about economics because they're all theories. I mean, you have countless theories about how to run a country, and many countries do it in a different way. Laissez-faire was the old way in the West where the business ran it all. The government didn't 
do anything hands off. The Great Depression happened. The government took a bigger role in that. Now it's kind of a little different. I don't know. So, I mean, just kind of wanted to highlight that too. It's something else for me to talk about. And if you're one of those social fucking heroes tweeting about, oh, if living wage, living, just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about either. I do know I know more than those people who are, you know, sending tweets around. Like, it doesn't matter how much you make. If you don't, if you're not satisfied, go fucking work somewhere else. Go to school. You don't, you don't even have to go to school. Just learn a skill. Do something else. You don't have to be stuck in a rut. If your situation is one thing and you have the power to change it, fucking change it. That's the good thing about America. Everybody seems to forget. Everyone right now seems to just highlight why America is bad. There are a lot of reasons why America is good. That's the one good thing about America. You can go do whatever the fuck you want. So go do that. I didn't mean to turn it into a rant. It's just frustrating with the stupidity I see every day. But, okay, that concludes today's show. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, at JakeSawinski8, at J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I-8. Oh, Peaky Blinders. Love that show. Sixth and final season. Director or writer or producer, whatever you want to call him, promised a movie. That's going to be sick. Once that gets a little closer to being released, I'm going to do something cool with Peaky Blinders on this show. So, if you like that show, you'll hear more about it. So, um, I think that's it. Going to stick with the one a week thing. So, I will talk to you guys next Tuesday slash Wednesday. Have a good week. Peace. I'm building a still to slow down time. I'm up in the woods. I'm down on my land. I'm building a still down the time. I'm lost in the world.